0: right, welcome to How to Lead a Group, a leadership podcast for everybody. Jamie, why do we call it that?
1: Because it literally is how to lead a group.
0: We haven't renamed it yet.
1: No, but if people have suggestions or just any questions they want to ask us, they can send an email to groups at
0: crossroads.net. Seriously the most boring name of all time. Anyway, this is our opportunity to take some time out, talk to experts, kind of distill the collective wisdom in our community and understand. You know, for all of these people that God has has put in front of us, how do we lead them well? How do we equip them? How do we help them move farther in their journey? You know, we're going to dive into tips and tricks as well as just the deeper principles of how you lead people well. Um, But before we get into that, um, my name is Eric Ankenman. I'm on the content team here at Crossroads, and I'm joined as always by the lovelier half of the podcast duo.
1: I'm Jamie Sims, and I'm on the communications team here at Crossroads. Um, But before we introduce, our lovely guest. Yes. Uh let's get to know the host better. So sure. Eric, what's a bad habit that you don't want to pass on to your kids?
0: So there's a whole lot of them, I'm sure. And my family cut, I'm sure I'll tell you numerous items to go on the list, but the one that comes to mind for me is I think when I get excited in some fashion, whether that's angry, frustrated, legitimately excited or whatever, I get louder, Mm. um, which is all well and good, but we have four children soon to be five, and that being replicated across five tiny humans uh, just makes for a constant screaming match because, as you know, any child you know under the age of 10 is generally always excited about something or angry about something so basically i just walk around my house all the time because this is happening already like i walk around the house going why are we all yelling why is everybody yelling stop yelling you stop crying what are you crying about (laughs) oh you're crying because they're yelling okay great (laughs) what about you
1: um, so for my future kids, uh, I don't want to pass along nail biting. <laughs> I will let my nails grow out, and it'll be like, "Hey, everything's going well." And then as soon as I get stressed out about something, I literally bite them down to the point of pain, and I'm like, "I don't want my children to have that." Like, I, don't, I just don't wish that. So this anymore. is like
0: your this is your barometer for your current stress level. Is like, <laughs> you what's have the, no nails? What's the status of your nails? <laughs> I have no nails right now. Oh Man. All right. So introducing our guest today, we're joined today by Latasha Patrick. Welcome to the podcast.
2: Welcome. Hi. Thank you, guys.
0: All right. Before we get into the today's topic, uh, we've got a little five-question quiz we want to ask you. This, we ask everybody that comes on the podcast, just get to know you stuff. Okay. okay I'm getting so, nervous. Uh, this is, it's easy stuff. It's easy stuff. So to start off, off, like, what's your job and tell us about your family?
2: Um, I actually work at Crossroads. I am the director of human resources for all of our um, a zillion sites, and I have one daughter. She's fifteen going on twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Is that what kind of math is that? <laughs> that's that's real Accurate. math at our Accurate. house. That's Accurate. That's real. That's real math at my house.
1: Right. What's your middle name?
2: Janae. Janae. It's bizarre, right? No, I like it.
1: Really.
2: What's the best, you, best? Wait, movie? don't you want to know why? It's Janae. Yeah. Not really. Sure. I mean, if you want to tell us, you go right ahead. It's kind of ghetto. I got to be honest. <laughs> there, was, there was this bottle of Gina Tay. It was like Bath and Body Splash. Do you remember that? No. no? <laughs> you youngins don't know this, but like if you're 40, you may remember it was in a big yellow bottle with black writing and cursive. And it was Gina Tay And, um... It was pre-whatever kind of bath and body works kind of stuff. And my mother liked that. And she wanted to name me Janae. It doesn't make any sense. And it's spelled J-A-N-A, which is Jana. So,
0: but it's Jana. <laughs> Jana. How, how, many, how many family gatherings has this particular point of contention been brought up? In?
2: <laughs> never. We never talk about how much I hate my name. I mean, LaTasha and Janae, it's just, I don't know. It's,
0: There's a lot going on there. A lot going on there. Yes. But it's, it's who I am. What's the best movie you've seen in the last year?
2: Oh, you know what? We saw Hidden Figures the other day. Over the top. Fantastic. Right? Oh, best so movie. Everybody go see it.
1: How many cats is too many cats?
0: One. <laughs> Woman after my own heart, right there. What's your biggest pet peeve?
2: I have so many pet peeves. Um, it's probably nails. You know what? <laughs>
0: or cats, I, one I, of I, the I, two. <laughs>
2: I trying to fight my nails from time to time. My pet peeve in my home is actually trash in the trash can.
0: I hate trash. Hold on.
2: I hate trash in my trash can, hate
0: it. Hold on. (laughs) In the trash can, that's a true story. That's, isn't that (laughs) where the trash is supposed to go?
2: I can't stand to see it. I literally, right now, today, if you came to my house, my trash can is empty and it's downstairs because I hate trash so much. I, yeah,
0: it's so. So you're you're cooking dinner. You unwrap something. You'll take trash all the way downstairs and and come back up just to avoid having the trash can in the kitchen or whatever. Um. So
2: my kitchen trash can I probably empty daily. Okay. But my bathroom trash cans, I, I just I don't. Yes, I'm, we should move on. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You really, yeah, it's a, is a <laughs>
2: Where's the sofa so I can this lay down?
1: Goes deep, this
2: it goes all deep. started when I was named Gina Tay. I mean, it's terrible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> was this? I just remember a yellow bottle. That
2: I, <laughs> I wanted to throw away.
0: Um, okay. So we've brought you in for, for maybe not one of the most exciting <laughs> or desirable topics that somebody would want to talk about. But it's, very important. It's critically important for leading a group, you know, and... and Point of, of honesty here, I feel like in my past history, I have tended to collect a certain type of people in just relationships yeah. and in groups that I've led. It's it's those people that it's like you see them coming. It's like, all right, I got to brace myself. This is this conversation is going to be an hour. Like yeah. it's just it, they're just draining. Yeah. For any any number of reasons, they're just draining mm-hmm. people. Yeah. You know, so. This is this is a personal struggle for me, and just like how do I interact with these people with grace and and things like that. Um, so, the start with like the big picture view. How do you, what's your mindset for dealing with difficult relationships like this?
2: So I tell you now, I'm an introvert, and so diffi- yes, Go on. Difficult, <laughs> difficult relationships, draining relationships on an introvert are especially draining, and so. Um, when I was younger, I probably would not have termed it that way. But since I've been here, we we have a there's a there's a, a term. We, I think we say BDP. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Very draining person. And so, um, gosh, in general, for an introvert, it is very very difficult to be around people who are draining um, because introverts in general derive energy from not people, but from being by themselves. So the notion that you're around people and they're draining is is extra difficult to manage. Um, but it is they're easy to detect. They're, they're the people who, who will wait for long periods of time to talk to you. Um, people who are not draining generally, like if they don't catch up with you, then they will run off, they'll go like do the other thing. Um, in groups, they're kind of harder to um, they're harder to detect, especially in a large group um, unless they're taking up all of the time and energy. And mm-hmm. so, For me personally, I think when I was a a kind of a new group leader, um, I probably didn't manage it the best way. I would say that if you're, um, gosh, I don't know, like if I am, well, okay, let's start at the beginning. Can we just do that? Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. We'll start at the beginning beginning, there were very draining people. And I would say for me, because it's it because it's so difficult. um, The thing that I would do is I would avoid. Mm -hmm. And the reason that I don't the reason that I say that, and I don't say it like proudly, I think it's actually a bad thing, because you really miss the opportunity to connect with people. Mm -hmm. And so In the work that we do, like in ministry and connecting with people in groups and trying to grow people and move them from place to place, the thing that you can't do is to avoid people. You kind of have to jump in. Now, detecting them, you got to get good at it. And um, the way that I have started to detect those folks, especially in group settings, are they're just the people who talk the most. Mm. They always, always have um, they always have something to say about every topic, no matter what it is. I mean, you're talking about Trash cans, they have something to say. You're talking about perfume, they have something to say. I mean, there's just always something to say.
0: Now, uh, just for for a point of clarity, I've known a lot of people that are just opinionated and talkative. Yes, and that that is a certain kind of draining. Mm-hmm. And then there's this other kind where it's just like, oh man, it's I, I feel uh-huh. the like yeah. energy and you know, in excitement yeah. and optimism just being sucked out of me. How do you define between those yeah. two?
2: So, so, you know, that's a really good point. So there are those people who every time you see them, that the cat ate the dog and there's a hole in the roof. And like they're like anything that could go on wrong in their lives goes wrong all the time. And mm-hmm. they bring it to the group and. Um, and those are the pe- i mean that's really hard to manage because you really do i mean you want to hear their story and you want to talk and you want to connect and then it gets difficult every single week when you see that person or every single day when you see the person and so the or or they just um you know, we we use a phrase called um, like emotional intelligence. And that's basically like the person who doesn't really is not able to read the room and the body language. And so the, um, they don't recognize that people are not engaging in the conversation or they're mm-hmm. really uncomfortable and they just continue to, to talk. And so um, those are a little bit more difficult to manage. And I tell you, the one thing that is a lifesaver is a stopwatch. If you're in a group and you have a stopwatch, <laughs> it really doesn't matter if the cat ate the dog and there's a roof there's a hole in the roof because when that ding 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 goes off then you know what dude we got to go on we like love right. to talk about this a little bit longer but we have to talk to
1: Jamie now.
0: Whew. Right.
1: So um how do you set boundaries or uh, even some expectations in those kind of relationships cuz they can take over and mm-hmm run out all the time. That's, that's the right. Block.
2: Yep. I would say in personal and in um, groups, the thing that I have done when I, and I have a lot, I have a lot of draining friends. I'm just kidding. I don't. Jamie, you're not one. of them. You, you bring me a lot of joy. Good. I would like to hang out more with you. But um, one of the things that I do is I say, hey, just, just making sure like, I only have 30 minutes or I only have 15 minutes. Is that good? Um, Is that enough time? And that way you get to manage your time. And when the 15, 20, 30 minutes happen, you can say again, Hey, I really very sorry about the dog sucks to be (laughs) Fido. And yet I have to go on, but I'd love to talk about this later. Um, Or I mean, there are ways to, to get out of the conversation. Um, And the same in a group.
0: Mm like like how do you do that in a group setting so like you know it's it's week 5 week yep. 6 and this person's on the same thing like how do you catch that midstream and
2: yep so if it so reframe. I would say a couple of things definitely you de- you never want to embarrass the person in the group because this could be the only opportunity that they have to communicate with people like you really just don't know people's stories, especially if you're talking groups and you didn't you didn't plan your group on your own. Um, like you didn't hand pick, pick your people if they just said, yeah, we like Thursday at 530 and you just kind of get what you get. Um, I think by like the first week, you may not know that the person is draining, but you definitely know by the second week and by the second week, you should be having a conversation with that person kind of alone, not in the middle of the group. Mm-hmm. And um, pr- providing some feedback. Mm-hmm. Hey, I mean, and, and those lots of people don't enjoy difficult conversations. They don't really bother me that much. But um, <laughs> I crave confrontation. <laughs> I just, I just love it. That's not true. That's not true. I mean, it's, it might not be true. But you know, I, um, but I think that it's, it's important to the value of the of the big group for you to regain control. Mm -hmm. Um, This is your group and not that one individual's. And so if the person needs, if you're finding that the person needs like additional help, like I'm joking about the dog and the cat or whatever, but like really, if there are places in this person's life that just seems to always go wrong, it may be that the group is not the way for that person to solve the problem. Like Mm -hmm. you might have additional resources um, to give to that person. Um, Maybe they really do need to talk to someone who is better equipped to handle that. But Mm -hmm. you should not say that. In the context yeah, the of the group. Right? Yeah. you need help. Like you shouldn't do that. <laughs> That's what you should you not know. Do. What you need. <laughs> let me let me give you the number to my therapist. Right. Um, or you need Jesus. Like you definitely don't want to do those things. But if there's a way.
1: So you talk about like the collective health of the group. Um, how do you how do you approach the conflict that might arise because of having a VDP in your mm-hmm. or a ra- very draining person in your group, or even like the frustration? Some of the things that are a person might not say it. So it's more passive. Um, Whereas typically in the conflict situation, they're going to be really overt and they'll, they'll, you know, that tension will be there.
2: Yeah. So I think you're saying like, if we're in the group and you guys like you're sitting back or rolling your eyes every time Joe Schmo starts talking, um, I think that's when having kind of that emotional intelligence, being able to read the room and understand what's going on, Is helpful and again because you're the leader of the group your job is to then lead and um, I don't think you have to call it out right then and there but I think that people will react to the way that you react to it and Mm -hmm. so even saying things like hey totally appreciate you talking I'd love to give some other people an opportunity to talk I think that sends a message to the group that this is not just that person's therapy hour Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, Or even calling on people. Hey, I didn't hear you talking. What do you think about this? Like Mm -hmm. making sure that you are enabling every voice to be heard, especially introverts who don't normally speak up. Mm -hmm. They're usually the last people to speak.
1: Do you set those expectations when it happens or is this something you try and address when you're talking about expectations for the group? Like, do you prepare Mm -hmm. for it or do you just let it? Yeah. Yeah. Arise.
2: So the only thing, I mean, it's hard to say, hey, if there's going to be a VDP in the room, (laughs) I'm going to shut it down like that because then everybody's going to be thinking every time I interrupt you, then (laughs) you might be that person. But I think you can establish time rules. You can say, hey, we're going to share and we're only going to go three to five minutes or whatever the time frame is Mm -hmm. to give everybody a a chance to speak. Or you could also say we will always make sure that everybody has an opportunity to speak mm. so that everyone knows that their voices um, are able to be heard in that time. That's what sure. I would do.
0: That's good. So I want to kind of come back to something you've hinted at a little mm-hmm. bit along the way. Um, a lot of what we've talked about so far has been like, how do you how do you damage control, yeah. basically? How do you just keep this thing from spiraling out of control? Um, you're, you sound like you're coming at it from the standpoint more of, I want to, I actually want to, to bring this person to actual healing and mm-hmm. to a place of growth and all this. And, and obviously to bring the rest of the group along the way, yeah. you know, for all of us to move there together. What does it look like to start kind of be thinking more in that direction? Like, I, I don't want to just protect the rest of the group from this one person, mm-hmm. but I want to see everybody move together. Yeah. How, how do you do that?
2: So the other thing about really understanding your group is you can find out who the people who love to pastor, who the people who love to pray, who, and so you can give the folks in your group an opportunity to use those skills, even on this BDP, like, mm-hmm. I mean, and and maybe not to call that one person out, but let's say this person is experiencing a lot of trouble. um for whatever reason, asking the question, what about anybody else? And who'd like to, who would like to, like, we're going to take a time where everybody's going to pray for different people this week, or everyone is going to send a note of encouragement to, to another person. So that gives everybody in the group an opportunity to flex a muscle mm. that maybe was only needed because we heard from it, from this VDP. But like, I can't imagine that nobody in the room is is experiencing some sort of grief or trouble or mm. a, like that. I can't hardly, I mean, you get a group of six people and, In a room or seven, there's all kinds of emotions. And so empowering the people in the group to do the thing that they're good at and even stretching them to do the things that they're not good at definitely moves them along, It it at least flexes muscles
0: that they've never used. Um, So to go along with that, you know, we we talked a little bit about like those kind of simmering frustrations and irritations and stuff that people like Mm -hmm. how do you begin to swing the needle for people in that like you notice week three people are starting to get Mm -hmm. irritated how do you help them shift their frame of reference to oh okay i'm i'm gonna take this as an opportunity to grow to learn to engage and shift their frame of reference for that that vdp
2: yeah and you know what i so You can always take that person aside. If you feel like the person is is very disengaged because of the VDP, that's always another opportunity to have a difficult conversation, which, hey, I say if you're not having difficult conversations, you're not living. Um, But so there's that opportunity. But there's also, you know, potentially opportunities to call out not the behavior, but. Hey guys, remember, we're seven people, we're eight people, we're 20 people, and we're messy. Like, people are just messy. Let's just admit it. Like, I got stuff going on, you have stuff going on, and the, you know, God was filled with grace, and we're gonna, we're gonna mirror grace. We're gonna be image bearers today, or mm-hmm. use language that's appropriate for your group. But, um, um, I think you can just, I don't think you have to say, you know, that BDP, like, we're not gonna, we're not gonna be mad at him, we're gonna give him grace, but I think just recognizing, he ain't the only one. He just happens to be the loudest one, or she happens to be the vocal one. But he ain't the only one.
1: Um, so, what's the upside um, in this? Like, how have you seen community actually bring about healing or a change in um, attitude or mindset of a VDP?
2: Um, <clears throat> you know, I think once people realize that, again this person he or she is not the only one. This person is just the vocal one. But the moment that you get vulnerable in a group, I mean, the moment that you start sharing whatever your stuff is, I mean, it just gives everybody permission. So quite honestly, you might be thanking your BDP one day because he or she may be the person who is um, the most um, um, primed to express some things that Maybe other people would never ever express, and so um that gives permission to other people, and so I think that um I think that that can turn the tables and even saying, i mean like there could be opportunities for you to really think that, hey, you know what that was super deep, like thank you so much for sharing that. Anybody else want to go like anybody yeah. else ready to go deep today because that's what we're here for. we're not here to I mean, maybe we are here to play basketball because basketball is fun, but we're also here to like like you said, like move. Just a little bit further down the line.
0: So as we wrap things up today, we'd love to, to give you kind of two more questions. Um, you know, first one for everybody that's listening today and wanting to like, where do I go from here? This is, this is good stuff. Okay. And yeah, you know, I'm thinking of someone in my head. What's the one pro tip you'd give them to go and like, Hey, turn around and go try this yep. with your group today, tomorrow, next week, whatever.
2: Um, I would say if you have a, a VDP, do not be afraid to have a conversation with that person, honestly. And you know what? Seek first to understand and then be, to be understood. I wish mm-hmm. I could say I made that up, but that's a that's a law from the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And like, you just want to know where that person is coming from. That gives you the tools to learn how to then come back at that person. Um yeah. I mean, but don't be afraid to have those conversations. If you don't, your group will fa- pro- I promise if you don't have the conversation, your group will surely fail. It may fail anyway, but if you don't have the conversation, it is bound to fail.
1: Oh, that's a great segue. So to, <laughs> to kind of humanize this uh, topic and dealing with very draining people, um, can you share Maybe a fail story of a group that you were running where, you know, maybe just dealing with that person didn't go as smoothly as one would hope.
2: Yes, yes. Yes. Um, I will try really hard, and I will not be giving names today.
1: <laughs> it's for the best. We would bleep them out if you... Oh, good. Uh, if good. you let it go. Great. So, um,
2: I was leading a group here, and honestly, the group was, in my, in my brain, it was probably just bound to fail. Um, and I, I... Can I say I probably should have quit it early. I should probably, I I should (laughs) have, sorry, don't quit your groups, but I should have quit mine. Um, I should have called it off early. Um, The folks just, it it was just a bad time for a number of reasons. And even though I don't mind conflict and confrontation, they didn't either. (laughs) So So most weeks were just contentious. I mean, it was just... It was honestly like it was it was probably the worst experience. And actually, it, it called me off of groups for a while. It, it actually called me off of leading groups, being in groups because it was such a bad experience. And then and then I got into a good group where I saw how it actually could work. And um, yeah, but getting a whole bunch of type A people who love confrontation in one room I don't know how God <laughs> aligned that one. I don't know. I'm still asking him what he was trying to teach me, but mm. um, he's not yet answered.
0: <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. This has been awesome. Yeah, thank you. My
2: pleasure. Thank you, guys.
0: So, Jamie, what are we talking about next week? We're going to talk about conflict resolution next week. <laughs>
1: I looked it up because I knew this (laughs) question was coming. I may not remember any other week to do that, but I remembered. Well done.
0: Well done. So join us next time as we talk about conflict resolution.